It's that time again. America's favorite fan-centric podcast is about to leave the station. From memory lane to Awesome Avenue, be it sports, social, or otherwise, we'll explore it all together while trying to keep it on the road one trip at a time. So sit your ass down, keep your hands in the vehicle, and buckle up, bitches, because you just got on the fan bus. Hey, hey everybody. Welcome back. It's your girl, Ange, on the fan bus. We are going to jump on this bus and leave the station. Right quick here, I have today Mike Herger, and we're going to be talking about him. We're going to be talking about Road America and the love of racing that most people that I know have but maybe it could be a little bit deeper. <laughs> so, Mike, I'm so glad to have you here. Can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Angela, for the opportunity. It's a pleasure to to speak with you and, and your listeners today. Um, yeah, a little a little bit about me. I've been at Road America for 16 years, and I'm currently the president and general manager of this facility for the last five years. Um, I got here. I was a uh, growing up. Uh, there was there was one thing I, I wanted to do with my life, and that was be a race car driver. And uh, you know, at some point uh, along the way, um, you know, either I didn't have the the funding or maybe the talent to get to the <laughs> the next level. But I was able to do it for a long time. I and, saw that. Like I Reese, I yeah. I did a little bit of digging on you. All right. <laughs> no, I know that you are the president of Road America, but I saw that you are um, racing in and out through and through. From the top to the bottom. Yeah, I grew so up and it's been in my blood. Um, I started racing, actually started racing RC cars when I was a, a wee young lad. And, oh, uh, and graduated <laughs> to go-karts and cars and sprint cars and had had the privilege of, uh, of running some, some rather large, uh, you know, open wheel shows, the Chili Bowl and Knoxville Nationals a handful of times and um, was able to, to do that and have a lot of fun and... Uh, you know, eventually my uh, my trials and tribulation led me to Road America, and I really developed, uh, or actually, uh, I always had it, but um, really my passion, uh, I found out later in life, was sharing motorsports with other people, and started teaching, working for the racing school that Road America happened to have here, Skip Barber Racing School, and oh, yeah. um, it, it, I really developed the... Uh, you know, my, my own personal passion for sharing what I love to do in my free time, uh, with others. And, um, you know, one thing led to another, I ended up here at road America and, um, came on board as a business development. I was running our Briggs and Stratton motorplex, which is a purpose built go-kart track here. That's on the property. And, um, you know, 16 years later, um, you know, got uh, got to feel, uh, you know, move up through the company, and it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's been fun. A lot's happened. Uh, the facility is uh, is is ever growing and changing, and it's just an honor to be part of it. And um, you know, we'll get into a little bit more specifics about Road America, but you know, every day I get to come to work and kind of feel like a steward of this facility and and the events that we have, and of course, an advocate for race fans uh, who are as passionate as they get here at Road America. And so it's truly an honor. That's awesome. I feel like it, your story and the way that you tell it, it sounds to me like when, you know, when people say when you have a job that you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. And it seems like you love, love what you're doing. <laughs> well, don't tell anybody. <laughs> like you were built week. to do this. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that way, too. And even after being here that long, um, you know, my responsibilities have changed here. But uh, sometimes it's good to step back and. And, you know, last year, a prime example, one of our karting club um, folks, uh, they, they'd been after me for years to drive to race one of their go-karts. And uh, <laughs> I always stopped down and, and I'm, I'm very engaged with our competitors and our fans. And uh, last year it was about a half an hour before the driver's meeting. And I kind of stopped down and I kidded with him. I said, hey, uh, I'm here. I'm ready to race that go-kart. And uh, so he had about <laughs> 10 minutes notice. Um, so he gave up his seat and, uh, you know, I got to put the helmet back on and uh, get out on the car track. And, you know, that's that's really uh, – you remember why you're here, right? Um, I've been here long enough to, to see the place change, and, um, but sometimes you forget how you got here. And, and um, you know, it's truly the passion for motorsports, the love that I have. Um, I grew up with it, and it's it's just an honor to see the young kids starting out where I started out and – 
you know, hopefully progressing, um, you know, some of them to professional ranks of, of various disciplines. So it's, it's, it's exciting to see. It's very rewarding. Um, so yeah, there are, there are definitely days of work and, and stress and all the things that go with that. But uh, overall, when you really believe in the mission uh, at hand, it's, um, you, you know, it really is, uh, uh, it's, it's not just a job, right? It's, it's your lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to be part of that. That's cool. Like your passion. It's the, and, and I think too, when it means so much to a person, it's not, you know, just a job, but you know, the pride in that position, the pride in all of what you've done to get to where you are and knowing, um, you know, maybe what the drivers go through and what they face and having been in those positions or wearing those shoes throughout that whole process makes you probably really invaluable to the organization. I mean, not that I'm not going to make you toot your own horn, but really like those things matter. I think from the top to the bottom, when you're talking about the little details and things that come up. And so that's really special. I like that. That's good to hear. <laughs> I think and that that's my point of view. Yeah, um, I think, I think you got to be able to wear many hats and put yourselves in various shoes and, um, being an uh, you know being a spectator and a racing fan first, and then being a competitor um, after that for many years, and visiting a lot of other tracks, um, it's just good to have perspective because everyone you know everyone wants different things, and trying to balance all that I think is the real key. Um, and and while doing that, you know, trying to grow the the facility and the offerings is uh, it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun. That's awesome! Yay! Fabulous. <laughs> so the track itself, I, I can say, I mean, a, a lot of the podcasters in our particular network, many, of, a good handful of them are from um, Wisconsin or the Midwest. Or um, we have one of the guys who's from Chicago and we talk all the time about uh, the sports and, and how people function in the Midwest and what sports mean to us. But we kind of started breaking down different situations and I can say that Road America that track for me like I grew up right here and I used to go all the time all the time to all of the races and I never I mean it was always very special to me for many many reasons but I didn't really realize what a gem it really is until I got to be a little bit older that I could you know go to other places or you know listen to other people tripping over themselves when they're talking about their experiences there and to me it was always second nature and I never really realized you know how special it was um so if we talk a little bit about the history of Road America the track Elkhart Lake um all of that really it's to me a one-of-a-kind experience like I don't know anything that even comes close as far as you know having earlier on when people were road racing along the road and how you can actually follow you know go out in the country and drive what used to be the road race um and I, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you want to go into a little bit about the history of the track and um, maybe the? Track? I'd be delighted. I think that's. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, that that's really what makes the place. Um, you got to know where you come from in order to understand where you are, and you know the legacy that this facility has. It the, the early beginnings actually start in Elkhart Lake, and um, but even before that, I think that the you know the success was born with the people the midwest values that exist here in in wisconsin and the passion for motorsports um it's incredible our street racing started here um, back in the 50s and they raced around elkhart lake um on the county highways uh the you know there were two different configurations that were utilized over the years um, the idea actually came to the area from some racers that had visited another another part of the country. They saw a street race. They said, geez, you know, this, this would be fabulous for Elkhart Lake. Elkhart Lake is the fourth deepest lake in Wisconsin. Um, very pristine lake. Um, it's a, it's just a fabulous vacation spot. I didn't for, think we would get lake facts today. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. learned something. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. And, and it's important it's to know that lake. because it, it's it's – it's been a destination for families for a long, long time. And, um, you know, motorsports came in, uh, came on the scene and it only increased 
the desire for folks to travel here from various parts of the country. So, you know, dad could race his car and, right. uh, you know, mom and the kids could hang out at the beach, this beautiful lake, their shopping and resorts and all that stuff. And um, so street racing started uh, here and, you know, street racing in America back in the 50s, it was a uh, it was a dangerous proposition because you didn't have the um, the safety features that exist in today's world. Um, you know, the connectivity, the communication, all of that stuff and also the business model. Right. I mean, um, you, you know, these promoters spend a lot of time and effort and, and money to put together these events. And it was hard to recruit that because. Um, you know, any any farmer could lease out his field and and or have his buddies just come over and at, at his house house and watch the the cars go by. And in the early days, I was told they they made money with uh, selling race programs. Um, you know that helped. Uh, you know, the fans Absorb needed the to know. Cost. <laughs> yeah, and fans needed to know who was who the drivers were and a little bit about them. And uh, you know, they did that they, long before the days of internet and and stuff like that. Um, but uh, so so the model was actually born around the Elkhart Lake um, Lake itself, and then some a group of uh, local uh, investors and uh, one local visionary by the name of Cliff Tufty. He's a civil engineer. He knew how to build roads. His family owned uh, a big chunk of property to the south of Elkhart Lake, slightly south, um, which was a uh, which was a gravel pit. And um, you, you know his vision was to create this this facility, uh, intertwine it through the, the rolling hills and the cattle moraine that exists here uh, and build this purpose-built road course, four-mile road course. And, um, you know, the first thing he did, which w- which was the genius move, was to engage the community. And he went uh-huh. out and, and enlisted all of his friends, his business associates, everybody in the community to help fund the project. So he went out and sold shares. Uh, throughout uh, Lake and surrounding areas. And what, what that did, it did a couple of things. I mean, it did generate some capital in order to, to begin the project, but it, it really created this buzz. Um, it created the, this this uh, this atmosphere where folks are, are really entrenched in what we do and oh, yeah. interested in it. Um, there are ambassadors still to this day. That's how Road America is owned. Um, yeah. There are definitely some original families that still have sh- a share or a couple of shares uh, of this facility. And, um, you know, th- those folks uh, and, and the new shareholders that we have, they're the, really the lifeblood of the facility. Um, they're, they're, they're interested in sharing their passion with their friends and their family. And, um, and, and it's still like that today. So I don't know of any other uh, facility that really has the ownership such as that where the general public owns the property and um you know uh you know we're stewards of the business trying to grow it and think of creative and and innovative ways to to further our our you know our sport and and our offerings um but it really starts in the early days um the you you know the shareholders they're behind us every step of the way some of them are are you know huge race fans some of them are business leaders in our area (laughs) some of them are just local families that you know their great grandpa bought a couple shares of stock and they they just they're they're fans of the facility first Um, yeah oh my god talk about pride and ownership my gosh like when it first was starting it must have been just crazy i mean the area isn't it's not like it's a big booming city you know what i mean it's like so it would have been really big news and it would have been like oh my friends you know my uncle my uncle's friend and my cousin knows this guy and probably yeah. it was just a really really big deal from the get-go that's amazing yeah and and that's that's where the excitement starts and it hasn't stopped for um you know over 60 years and the you know these are our, our stakeholders are varied right it's our it's our shareholders it's our the racers that come here both professional and uh amateurs it's it's the season pass holders it's the go-karters there's a little something for everybody here at road america we we affectionately refer to ourselves as america's national park of speed because if, nice. you, if you come here um i, I don't know of a, a better saying that could more accurately depict what we have here. We really embrace the the scenery. Um, we embrace the the natural contours of the land. Um, we try the to take care of this beautiful. Place. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just so beautiful. And everywhere you go, every turn that you go, every you know, any any place that you go, it's just 
so beautiful. It really, really is like perfectly placed. And what a genius Cliff was to put it where he did and to have the gumption to do what he did. And I understand you guys, there's a, there, I mean, I don't understand. I know that there's a bronze statue of him at the track, correct? <laughs> yeah, it was a si- exciting project. We uh, we partnered with the Chicago Region SCCA uh, probably about four years ago. We wanted to commemorate Cliff's vision and uh, we worked with them and also with Cliff's family to help design this bronze statue. And through the whole process, it was over a year long process um, and getting to know some of the, the grandkids uh, and hearing the stories about Cliff, you know, Cliff went here and he designed the racetrack. He, he was the guy that walked in front of the bulldozers and mapped wow. it out through the land, used the natural contour to build and construct a four mile course. Um, but he also transposed some of the great, um, features that the street course had here in town and he brought them here so there's a few elements a couple turns and and some radiuses and elevations that he brought with him from the county highways to here and uh you know it's a it's it's remarkable to know that the while the track has has um the track hasn't changed the layout has not changed since since cliff you, you know envisioned and, and designed it that's um, so badass but, i love that yeah <laughs> i, I love mean it. It's just incredible to me that uh, something has stood the test of time like that. Yeah, things around the track have changed. Like, um, you know, the runoff has improved and the safety features have all all been updated over the years. But the track itself has remained untouched. Um, You know, it's been repaved a a fair amount of times and things like that. But, um, I mean, how many times can you say that? Uh, somebody got something right on the on the first try. Amazing. And, uh, and it's so know, iconic. So- like, it would be, you know, like, it was when, like, when they took the Sears Tower and they changed it to the Willis Tower. Like, nobody calls it the Willis Tower. Like, <laughs> if you if the track got changed, there would probably be outrage because it's so special. <laughs> like, oh, 100%. Um, we, we went through. Uh, the drivers you know, would probably be mad. <laughs> Oh, the drivers, the fans, uh, yeah. you know, I probably wouldn't yeah. be around here a whole lot longer if we did that. <laughs> we, we did a re, re, repaving project this past October. Yeah, that's um, exciting. Significant project. It hadn't been done in, in about 27 years. Um, and, you know, with a lot of questions around that, people wanted to make sure you're not changing the track <laughs> or doing, you know, and we, we set the stage early on with the engineers and, and the consultants that were involved in the job. It's it's. It's, it's real simple. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to fix any imperfection that maybe exists, but we don't want to touch character. This place has <laughs> a lot of character. We're yeah. proud of it and we're not messing with it. So let's be clear. We want to fix some imperfection <laughs> stuff here and there, but, you know, it, it stays as Cliff, uh, you know, intended it to be. So don't you know, even bring those crazy about. suggestions. We're not interested. Anybody <laughs> it needs to yeah. stay. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so there is, there's a lot of the track, I mean, the track itself is, like you were saying, there's a lot of elevation changes, and, um, it, you know, it's like, it, it goes through, like, hilly tree areas, there's winding, tur- like, hairpin turns, there's, it's so fabulous, and what's cool, I think, is, I mean, for fans, and we were talking about Elkhart, like, having a little bit of something for everybody, it's the kind of place where you can bring your family, or you can go on a a guy's trip or whatever and make a week out of it if you wanted to just with all the things there are to do um or weekend or whatever obviously a weekend um and the track itself has a lot of amenities like really a lot and your staff is super friendly really really friendly people so did you want to touch on that a little bit like some of the fun amenities or yeah i'd be happy to i mean we're a park park like setting um, we embrace, um, we, we want to encourage people to explore the grounds. It's 640 acres of property. Um, we feature uh, access around the entire property for fans. So you buy a, a general admission ticket, you're free to roam. And we encourage you to see the park. Um, there's close to 10 miles of, of, of access roads around the facility. And um, we're always looking at additional ways to provide access to our fans. 
Um, anytime we can get fans. Like I yeah. not to interrupt, but like, that yeah. is so incredible to me. I've always loved that. And again, I took it for granted because I didn't know that wasn't like normal. And of course, like way back in the day when I was a kid, like I'm not going to date myself, but you know, you would walk everywhere. But now it's like, oh, you know, jump on an e-bike. Like, and like people who can't walk around can get around. And that's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we run shuttles around the property. We also... Um, we're one of the only tracks I know that, um, rents golf carts to fans, so a lot cool. of tracks, it, they don't do it. And it, it definitely is an expensive endeavor because we have to bring the carts in, but it does allow fans to see the whole facility and really experience it for what it is. Cause it is so massive. Um, but we, uh, we are huge advocates of access, promoting fans to get around and explore the great facility. Um, you know, in various amenities, I touched on camping. Camping's huge for us. We have a thousand campsites that we can have operational on a big weekend. And over the years, we've invested heavily in infrastructure for those those areas and those fans. So, you know, things like permanent bathrooms and showers and all of that stuff, um, it makes a big difference because if you're going to go camping somewhere with your family and, you know, you might sleep in a tent, that's great. Uh, you might have a big camper. We can do that, too. But ultimately, we want to make sure we have proper facilities and, and um, you know, we've invested in brick and mortar buildings and, and nice showers and stuff like that, which um, we believe is, uh, is, is hugely important for the experience. Um, you, you know, you, you're you're at America's National Park of Speed, but you, you don't necessarily have to rough it. We have those amenities <laughs> here. And, um, you know, it's just wonderful that, that fans have embraced that for so many years. That's awesome. And there's a lot of people who, um, I mean, there's a lot of different groups of people, right? Like, we'll just say, like, enthusiasts, like, specific motor sports types of people or brand-specific people in, like, different clubs. So it's like anybody could just show up there and have a great time and whatever, but the odds are of you going there and finding so many people that you have other things in common with or your specific niche thing that you love, like you're going to run into those people there, just random people. And that's, that's very cool. I think it's a wide, wide range of people who love being there. That's, that's the big thing is, uh, you know, it's, it's just about, it's, it's for many, it's about the social atmosphere and, you know, if you're if you're into Corvettes, we have the Corvette Corral. You can go down to the Corvette Corral and probably talk, meet anyone in there, and they're you know automatically uh, you know they become your friend. And we, we we hear these stories all the time. You know, people from all different walks of life and all different areas uh, transcend on, at Road America, and they they show up here for their events, and they're looking for their friends that they know uh, who they've met and got to know over the years at the facility and. You just hear those stories all the time, and it's it's just special to know that you're part of that. From a staff standpoint, um, you know, I'd agree. We have a top-tier team. They're all passionate about what we do, and, you know, everyone's working hard to pull the rope in the same direction, trying to enhance the experience for the guests because that's really what it's about. And um, from, a, from a staff standpoint, it's, it's an honor to know that when people come to visit your place of business, they are hugely passionate about what we have here. And that really gives us energy. I know it does for me and our other teammates. Um, you know, we're, we're in, in many folks' eyes, we're their mecca. And they, they come here and you, you, you have a good time in America's National Park of Speed. And um, we feed off that energy. It's so important. That's awesome. I know I get really excited. This is super dorky, but if I'm on a road trip or if I'm headed to Chicago for business or whatever I'm doing, I'm on the road and I see somebody who has a Road America sticker, like the track, the outline, it's it's unmistakable, the outline of the track. Like if, you know, you know, you just know that's the track. And I'm always like, oh, there's, you know, somebody yeah. in the middle of Illinois with a Road America sticker on their car. <laughs> I'm like, that love goes everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, we worked on a project a couple of years ago with the state of Wisconsin to introduce the Road America vanity license plates. And it was it's highly successful um, from what we know. It, it actually set a record in the state of Wisconsin for the most um, uh, license plates uh, delivered in one year's time. There's other <laughs> license plates, you know, the Packers and the Brewers. And, yeah. Um, the state was very surprised to learn that Road America was the number one seller over the course of 12 months uh, compared to the others. And <laughs> I think what they underestimated was these are car people. Uh, They care about their cars. Some of them have more than one or two or three cars. And, uh, 
you know, it's 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 really flattering to drive down the highway and or go through a parking lot. I'm I'm looking for these things constantly now. And uh, <laughs> you, you know, when you see somebody getting in their car, they got a Road America plate. You know, you have something in common with that person, and automatically a conversation starts up. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty cool to see that outline going down the highway. Um, yeah. And I've been in other states too. You see them. Uh, you know, folks are, are taking road trips or vacations and you, you run into somebody in another state. It's it's pretty, pretty neat to see. That's cool. I like to talk to people, too, when I'm doing my interviews. I talk about, like, where did you come from? What's your background like? Obviously, you work for the organization 365, right? And um, every day of the year. But a lot of the people that work for you are probably seasonal, right? Like, I always, and even when I'm interviewing sports people or whatever, um, it's, and I tell people, like, well, you don't have to be a professional athlete to work in the sports world. So you don't have to be a professional driver to work at a racetrack, right? So um, you have a lot of different opportunities for people in, un, under all different umbrellas, correct? Yeah, and that's, that's one thing that, um, you know, growing up, personally, I wanted to be a racer. I told you that in the... <laughs> You know, I didn't realize as as a as a young you know young child and growing into you know high school and even college, I didn't realize that there was anything beyond being a racer, right? I didn't, I never, to me, it never dawned on me that hey, there's a <laughs> there's a racetrack. You grew up within an hour of it, and there's other needs. You know, there's business <laughs> development, there's marketing, there's finance. I mean, all these things, and I think that we. Um, in, in more recent times, we try to get out into community events. Uh, we try to go into high schools for career days and stuff like that, and oh, let cool. people people know let 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 these young adults that are coming into the workforce know that um, there's something for everybody here. And if you have a passion for for motorsports or you just like cool cars, uh, have you thought about you know a career in 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 motorsports? And I, it, it it amazes me. It, how many light bulbs turn on and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's different than, uh, you know, my friend's going to be an electrician or a plumber, or I'm going to school for business. And geez, I never thought that, uh, road America or some of these other fine facilities would employ people like that. We're a, we're a small team, uh, year round. We have 25 full-time year round employees, Mm -hmm. but as we get into the summer months, our, our staff swells exponentially and, um, you know, it's not uncommon for us on a, on a really big weekend. We might have, you know, four to 500 people on our wow. payroll. Uh, so wow. we rely heavily on seasonal or part-time staff to, to really put our events together. And, um, you know, it's, it's for, for me, I always enjoy interacting with, with those people. And a lot of them, um, they, they, they're really responsible for the culture of, mm-hmm. of the facility so um oftentimes they're the they're the first face that guests see if it's our ticket takers or it's our security um so if they're having a good time and and enjoying what's going on here automatically that transcends to the fans because they're like geez that that person's having a good time selling tickets yeah. or taking my <laughs> tickets and um it's it's just the first impression that is everything and uh you know we have seasonal employees here um there's a there's a handful that have been here 50 years, you know, a couple wow. of them. Now. Oh my gosh, that's and, amazing! Uh, you know, they've been coming back throughout their oh. whole careers in life, yeah. and they 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 still come here, and um, you know, it's it's really an honor to be part of, and it goes back to the Midwest work ethic, and and you know, really the passion that people have for this place uh, is is second to none, in my opinion. So yeah, that Midwest nice Midwest nice is a thing and people love it and appreciate it. I feel like, yeah, so cool. That's really, really good. So it's like, um, feel good, warm, fuzzy, you know, that whole thing. That's awesome. So yeah, some of those people who have been there forever, like permanent fixtures, it's probably when, like, when people, um, guests come who've been there forever and they run into those people. It's like on Cheers when Norm walks in, you know, they're like, hey, Bill. Or yeah, <laughs> that's a great analogy. Who's my guy? Like, that, that's how it is. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. In, in so many departments here, if it's safety or corner workers or, um, you know, security, some of the some of the long term employees, they they develop relationships with our fans and our competitors and. You know, you, you, that's got to happen naturally. No business yeah. can force that. Um, oh, yeah. And it, right. it, it's just incredible to see that. And fans and the competitors, they respond to that. You know, we, 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 
we might know your name or, you know, John might know Jim because Jim has come here. He's been a season pass holder for 30 years and John's a security guard. And, um, <laughs> you know, just just saying hi to, to him every morning, like that matters. And we encourage that whenever possible. Yeah, it's probably safe to say that most tracks around the country or the world are not like that. So you guys must be super proud. I would be. Um, so we were talking a little bit before about the track and how it's undergone different work and stuff. So the last repave that you guys just recently did was not too long ago, from what I understand. And then do you just mostly like like added a couple of safety measures and stuff like that when the track gets repaved like how do the drivers feel about that like is that a really big deal or is it just kind of like oh yeah the track got repaved it's you know kind of pretty much the way that it's been because i mean obviously you don't let it go forever that there'd be potholes <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously so what about that well it, it requires constant maintenance i mean um, pavement is something that doesn't last forever especially with the amount of abuse that it it gets at a at a place like a racetrack um, is Wisconsin yeah. winter a factor at oh, all? Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Me, like I'm just like that's what I always have these crazy questions where I'm like I have to remember to ask him about Wisconsin winters and the track. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it certainly plays a factor because it isn't necessarily the cold, but it's the freezing and the thawing. Um, okay, you know that it it moves things around with the base. Uh, the track was repaved in 94, the fall of 94, and it hadn't been fully done since. But um, there were multiple corners that had been done since, uh, probably in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Um, okay. we, we redid some corners. Uh, so it's it's kind of like a chess match, right? Um, you have race teams that are working really, really hard to try to get the most grip with their vehicles and deliver the fastest lap times. And you have their their parts suppliers, like tire manufacturers, for example, mm-hmm. that are always trying to, to be better and faster. And what, what happens is um, at some point, something's going to give. And <laughs> if you were to use regular pavement, like what you see on the highways, um, it would never, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have very much longevity. So, um, okay. you know, we started working on this project probably two years before we started it. Okay. And, you know, we wanted to get to the point where we were properly planning for it. We weren't reacting to a problem. So, in okay. other words, if um, we wanted to try to get ahead of it, the track was was aging. Um, our, uh, a pavement consultant would probably tell you that the normal lifespan of any surface at a racing facility is is between ten and fifteen years. Okay. And ours was twenty seven years old. The majority <laughs> of it. Um, and it. the only reason why it probably lasts that long um, uh-huh. is because of our base. We were built on a gravel pit, if you if you remember. And oh yeah, we have really great drainage here and really hard, uh, you know, packed soils, um, things like that. So that really uh, extends the usable life of the track. So they came in, and um, also what I didn't mention is this place is busy every year from mid-April to the end of October. Uh, very few open days, so we mm-hmm. we have track rentals and different events going on here almost every single day. Uh, you know, I think right now in May, we might have two or three open days in May and we're, we're trying to market those as well. But, um, so we had to plan this out well in advance because, uh, normally oh October gosh. would be full and you can yeah. only pave when it's a certain temperature. So it has to be at least 50 degrees ambient temperature in order to pave this really high grade of asphalt. Um, so, you know, even paving in October, that's a gamble. Because you just you don't know what what Mother Nature is going to give you that year, right? Um, so we planned it out. Uh, we had moved some customers around. We took the month of October off this past year and uh, completed the project. So they came in, they milled the the old track out. Um, they went down um, roughly four inches, which is how okay. much was there. And uh, the cool thing was, we before they actually did that, we cored. We, we had core samples made and we had stands for them and we sold them through our gift shop. Oh, uh, that's it was, it was, so cool. Yeah, it was the, core, the core of champions is what we called it. And we had oh a date on there, 95, 94 through 2022. Oh. Um, and a very select few fans got to buy those. Yeah. Um, but we we had, uh, we had we sold out within a couple days. Absolutely. Um, we had uh, three different boring crews here for about three straight days each. I think they they were they were worn out. We did it in three spots. We did course <laughs> from the start finish line, turn five, and and uh, down Aww. at turn eleven. Um, yes. So when fans got their cores, we surprised them a little bit. We we uh, 
we we gave them GPS coordinates of where their core came from. So we told them, you know, it was a start finish or it was turn five. So uh, they could, you know, find it someday and exactly where it was. So it was, it was pretty cool. But that's uh, awesome. So they, yeah, they they milled uh, they milled the whole track out, and then they came back. That uh, that went pretty fast. That I mean, in about a week, that was done, or a little less than a week. And um, then they came back uh-huh. and they paved it twice. So they pave a, a base coat uh, course, um, which is like what they call binder coat, and then they okay. come back and they do a, a wear course, which is the finish, the top layer. So uh, two pavers paving echelon style. They actually went around the racetrack twice. Um, and, cool. uh, you know, once they start in the morning, the trucks keep coming, right. roughly, uh, you know, 40 <laughs> trucks every day that they would just keep running the paving plant. There's only a couple plants in the entire state that w- would be able to make the grade of asphalt that we needed. And, okay. uh, the closest one is an hour away. Wow. So they had a, they had a truck, uh, a pretty long distance. Um, you know, so it was a logistical, uh, puzzle that it was oh incredible gosh. the same company that paved it back in 94 um was the one that did it this time and Aww. uh interesting cool. part was um one of the uh the foreman from the job in 94 one of the leaders of the job was actually um one of the leader of the job this time as well and, and he he uh at the end we get i got to give him a pace car ride on the new surface and he told me he's like i, I think this is going to be one of my last jobs i think i'm retiring uh, but it was just, uh, you know, the pride he had in it, um, you, you know, was amazing. And, um, you know, back to the Midwest nice and people really care. Um, yeah. You know, it's putting your mark on something. that had to give peace of mind to you all because you kind of knew what to expect, obviously. I mean, and that you probably had less of a worry if you hadn't had somebody, if it was a new person, I'm just saying like. Oh, 100%. Right. I mean, somebody that's got the passion and. Uh, really cares and has bought into the, the the mission that we're doing here. Those those are the kind of people you want in your team, no matter what you do, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's so important to to have that, and uh, you 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 just can't buy that sort of uh, dedication. You can't. That's super cool reliability. And I always say too, I was just, I always pick up lines from people where it's like. In this world, there's absolutely no substitution for experience period so having known they've done it before that probably mattered huge yeah huge yeah we, we made some slight changes I, I told you that we didn't yeah. adjust any character but we wanted to make some correct some imperfections so you know you look at the track there's some puddling in some areas there's some drainage work um some shouldering work so like some of that stuff it was an opportunity to improve it. The timing lines, those all had to get redone. Obviously <laughs> we also did uh, reconstruct our pit lane a little bit, uh, both oh. pit in and pit out just from a cool. safety standpoint, made it a bit, a bit safer for, for, you know, entry and exit of our pit lane. So, but the track itself, we didn't mess with any corners or <laughs> anything like that. We put it back the way we found it. We're, we're stewards yeah. of the facility while we're here. And um, I can't wait for racers to show up here in a, you know, a month and really start testing the place out. I think uh, I think they're going to be impressed. I I know I've been impressed just driving around it, even though today it's it's pretty snow covered, but it's gradually (laughs) melting. So that's good. Get gone. I'm so over winter just saying. So you were we were talking a little bit or we touched a little bit about the um, schedule, the timeline, how busy the track is. So obviously people will get their race schedules, like, Oh, I got my race schedule in the mail. Or if you're one of like, I have one just saying, but, um, if you look online or whatever, this shows the race dates, but there's all kinds of stuff that happens in between. And there's opportunities. Like you talked about Skip Barber, the racing school. And also like, I can say that one of the coolest things that ever happened and that I heard about uh, was that like a local business my brother works for a local landscape company and I I don't know if it was last year or the year before they had a day where all the employees went to the track and they got to get out there so that's I mean what an awesome opportunity and can you talk a little bit about that you bet um so we we produce 500 events a year here and uh, a lot of our events are small um you know, things like motorcycle schools, driving schools. We do winter driving schools. We do teen driving schools. Uh, of course, we have high performance schools. We have track days. Um, the corporate events that that he may have attended, we do things for corporate clients all the time. They can book um, what we call group adventure programs, uh, experiences like go-karting, 
um, you know, racing programs. And it, we have some that aren't necessarily related to motorsports. We have geocaching. We do paintball. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow, you know, paintball. That would have been amazing there. <laughs> so the thing is, we, we oftentimes can appeal to other groups that maybe don't have an interest in motorsports. We get them okay. here the first time to do geocaching. And, you know, they're going to come back and do go-karting just because <laughs> – <laughs> uh, they get to see the track. They get to see the carts and, and of course, build some trust with our team. Um, so, yeah, there's things going on, uh, 500 events a year. Uh, in the winter, we're doing winter autocross events. We'll have um, three of those a year, January, February, March. And we we, we have like a mini championship. Um, this is for amateurs. Uh, there's not a whole lot of rules. We have three classes, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and all-wheel drive vehicles. And uh, just we just have fun with it. Um, you know, people get to have some throttle therapy with their vehicles and, and you don't need to have a race car. Yeah. We, we, you guys we, have yeah. on t-shirts because that's excellent. Throttle therapy. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, oh. something that, uh, everybody needs once in a while, yeah. but, um, you know, all the events really add up, uh, and we get a lot of new people here um, because of those events. So things like weddings. I think last year we had eight weddings on the facility, um, you know, and open weekends and stuff like that. We have a conference center that can host uh, about 300 people. Um, so that's used all the time for meetings and conferences and wedding, you know, smaller wedding. Um, and actually, 300 is not that small anymore. But, uh, the you know, it, a lot of new people. We've thought for years that... The, the more new folks, new eyeballs we can get to the facility to see it, um, people understand it once they're here. They see it, and they don't need to know who won the race on Saturday or Sunday to, to come to Road America and have a good time. And they appreciate it for what it is. And we, we've, we've, we really believe that we are creating Road America fans first and possibly race fans second. And that's how we try to position it every day and with everything we do. I love that. That's a wonderful way to look at it. A great perspective. A great perspective. So as far as the race season is concerned, I think maybe another thing that people don't realize is that the racetrack hosts many different types of races. Many different types. So if you are categorically into one thing beyond another, and again, um, if it's if it's something you know no one's ever been there before let's say a first timer um, you would pick a race maybe um, or just show up to have fun but it's pretty versatile the schedule as far as like having a bike races or like the vintage event goes on or like um nascar's there now too uh, i mean well you know obviously <laughs> so that's one of those things where people i never always or previously had associated um, Road America with NASCAR. And so there's this wide fan base of just all kinds of fans who can show up to the track for various events. It's it's a pretty a pretty big lineup of really a lot of versatile Oh yeah, the sprints. I forgot about that. We always used to go to sprints. Always used to go to sprints. It's but our oldest running event. Yeah. yeah, I was always like the IndyCar. I was like never miss an IndyCar race ever. <laughs> but yeah. you know, there's so much to see. If you look at other facilities, which we do, I mean, that's that's our business. Um, you know, we try to be as diverse as possible. And that's why, you know, you look at our public schedule every year. We, we, we have anywhere from 9 to 11 public events every year that we sell tickets to and we act as a promoter. Um, plus all the other track rentals and things that are going on every day. But those, those 10 public events... Um, those are, you know, those are our signature events, and we try to have some diversity and variety in there because um, not everyone's into IndyCar, not everyone's into sports car racing, heck, uh, motorcycle racing. We have a superbike race, and that's been a, a staple on our calendar for a long time. Vintage, uh, people love vintage cars. It's it's uh, like going to uh, you know a museum in our paddock, just seeing these cars and then so cool. see, seeing them out on track and. The cars are the stars. You can go up to any one of those those drivers or those teams, and um, they're they're going to be able to tell you about that car and maybe where it raced and what races it won. It won, and um, you know you can spend a whole day just in the paddock uh, listening to those stories. That's what makes it so special. And people are willing to interact. We we always want to get fans as close to the action as possible. That's why our paddock is open for uh, every single event except for NASCAR. But um, 
people can go in and experience it firsthand, uh, you know, see it, hear it, smell it. Um, it's it's all about it. And, uh, you know, but having a diverse schedule is key. It, it's kept us um, for years. It's, it's, it's certainly kept us top of mind for race fans because everyone's got their specialty, but they might appreciate certain things. But if you're a bike person, you're going to love our super bike race. If you're, you know, sports car, it's, it's IMSA. Um, you know, cutting edge technology, uh, you know, 18 different manufacturers participating in that series. It's it's incredible. And, you know, if you like stock cars, if you like NASCAR, we can do that, too. Um, we've had an Xfinity event here for a long time. Uh, we had the previous two seasons. We had a cup race and, um, you know, that, that won't be here in 2023. But, uh, you know, in full disclosure, our Xfinity event, our race, these up and comers, they're here and battling on four miles. Uh, it's incredible. That race has been fabulous. Because uh, awesome. yeah, the, the young up and comers, and um, you know, That's it's cool. exciting to to see who who the next you know potential star is in in motorsports. That's amazing. And then, so what kinds of planning do you guys do? I mean, obviously, you know, you you have. I mean, well, you do a lot of planning. We talked about that all the different events that you have. So it's a full time job. Like, are you like right now? Are you planning for ne- like next year's? Like, are you planning for like two years from now? Like, and as far as the grounds are concerned and those kinds of things, do you have like yearly plans? Do you guys work on long terms? Are you guys doing it all at one time? No, like, it's all it's kinds a, of stuff. It's a little of both, right? I mean, okay. we're talking capital planning and and infrastructure improvements. We we typically look three to five years out. Um, trying to forecast what's going to be needed and, you know, from a fan perspective or maybe a sanctioning body perspective. So you're, okay. you're planning that um, as far as our schedule for next, you know, our schedule is already set for 2023. We've been selling tickets since um, last October. Uh, yeah. We're one of the one of the first tracks normally to release our tickets for that year. And, um, you know, we always like to do that in October while there's still excitement and, and things going on in, in motorsports and, and it's it's always the right time to introduce our, our season schedule for the following year. We always kept cap that off with a, a luncheon for our season pass holders. So our season pass holders, we invite them to a lunch at our last event and uh-huh. um, we release our schedule. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm always part of that. And, uh, they, you know, they, they, they get to ask uh, as many questions as they want. And uh, I think this year I you know was over there for a couple of hours, even after the lunch. Um, the season pass holders are, are they're they're a huge part of our success here, and um, sure. you know everybody's got an opinion, and, and uh, most of which are, are are open to sharing it. So, and, and a lot of times it's good ideas. A license plate nice. uh, endeavor that we just talked about that came from you know a loyal season pass holder, and you know we Aww. listen to our fans. Um, yeah, it was an idea that 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 stemmed from that, and like many of them here, so. Um, but planning it never ends, you know. As we start running the racing for the year, when we when we start getting into May and June, we're uh, definitely already looking at next year, looking at schedules because there's okay. so many variables. All the other tracks, uh, the sanctioning bodies, where they're going, when it's all it's just this huge puzzle that uh, that we start um, you know putting together, and then the other pieces start falling into place, like our our track rentals and our special events and things like that. So it's uh, it's it's always planning never it never ends that's so cool i love it you're obviously a treasure to the organization i can tell and that's really spectacular how uh how can people make their plans make the reservations how do they get their tickets well the, the easiest way is our website um okay. roadamerica.com you can go out and check it all out and look at some of our events and um you know, or if uh, if you need help, you're more people are more than welcome to call our office. We have, you know, a, a team that uh, we answer our phones every day. Um, you, you know, we we don't necessarily have the automated, uh, you, you know, stuff. We we you can call and talk to a human. Um, cool. Oftentimes, our yeah, yeah, believe it or not, Midwest nice. <laughs> yeah, Midwest nice. It's important for us, and um, you know, but RoadAmerica.com is the spot uh, if you want to tune into our social channel on Facebook, Twitter, and, and the others. Um, you can do that as well. We're always uh, putting out content and sharing content. Um, but we hope to, you know, uh, we're going to stay relevant with new fans. And even our existing fans, I always challenge 
our season pass holders, it's like, hey, bring a bring somebody new this year. Bring somebody new to a couple of events. And uh, once you set the hook, um, it's easy to become passionate about what we do. Um, and, and, and it's fun sharing your passion. Like I said before, I learned, um, you know, throughout this process that I really had a passion for sharing motorsports with others. And I think most motorsports um, people are like that. Uh, they're proud of their their passion and and um, so you, you know you, you got to bring somebody with you uh, because it's it's uh, it makes it worth it um, plus you get to see them excited about what we do here and it's it's uh, it, it fuels success um, and relevance for our business I love that I agree wholeheartedly and I I feel like the the track is so special and I encourage people to head to Road America and try it if you haven't been there before, experience what it's all about. I feel like your first time at the track will be um, an unduplicatable experience. Like the the energy and the just the feelings that you'll feel, um, the environment, all of it. I, I really, really genuinely believe that it's a treasure, not just a, a Midwest treasure, Wisconsin treasure, but a national treasure. Um, the track has been, you know, given tons of kudos by many, many people all over the world. So, I mean, you don't have to take it from me or maybe even you. <laughs> Go read a couple articles, Google top 10 best tracks or 20 or most interesting or it doesn't matter. It's always going to pop up because it's incredible. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a wonderful experience and I'm always excited for people to learn about new things, old things, and um, kind of just be educated on the little nuances of some of the things that we know and love. So I do appreciate that. Thanks, Angela. It's been an honor to spend time awesome. with you and the listeners today and we hope to uh, to see you and, and uh, some of your followers out at Road America in 2023. I would love that. Okay, folks, it's time for you to get off my bus. You can go ahead and find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Also, you can go to the Patriot Sports Now website where we have all of our other podcasts, our blogs, forums, and where we're also having a Discord channel. You can join the conversation Thanks, you guys. Until next time. Sadly, it's true that all kick-ass adventures must eventually come to a close. But rest assured, this will not be our last. Thank you, friends, for riding the fan bus. Now, gather your belongings, throw out your trash, and promptly make your exit. And wait patiently for our next fan bus adventure. The fan bus is part of the Patriot Sports Radio family. Join our community where you can find more of what's kick-ass by visiting us at PatriotSportsNow.com. Until next time, everyone, keep it on the road.